I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Ineash Brodsky. And I'm David. And this episode, we're going to go straight into a piece of happy news because David felt so strong about it, he wanted to kick everything right off with it. So David, take it away. Yeah, the United States, as a civilization, did a thing. What? Yeah, so if you'll remember in our previous episode, we talked about a problem people were having where uh, ports in California were getting super backed up because um, they couldn't stack shipping containers more than two containers high, and uh, that meant they needed to store them on the trucks that would normally be used to take them away, which means that the trucks weren't be using to take them away. Unbeknownst to us, due to the mainstream media being completely silent about this, that problem had already been solved at the time of the recording, because some fucking exachad named Ryan Peterson did a tweet storm. Well, that's how we heard about it. We 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 had talked about the tweet storm. Um, we just didn't know that that it had been fixed within eight hours, no less. Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, and basically, this guy just like had made arrangements with some friends of his, uh, who were like journalists and uh, staffers for state-level politicians and so on to all retweet this and tell their bosses about this crazy viral Twitter thread they saw uh, at the same time, and it fixed the problem. (laughs) No, that can't be right. Problems don't get fixed. I mean, I was not expecting it. I don't know if I should maybe downgrade my government pessimism now, seeing as this one thing managed to get fixed. Maybe David has been leading me astray all this time. I mean, maybe I've been leading myself astray all this time. <laughs> I'm having kind of a c- crisis of faith here. <laughs> well, Zvi has a great post about this that explains like exactly what he did and why he thinks it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot of like, these are the exact steps he took. Um, and this is why each one was important. Uh, so I, uh, I encourage our listeners to read that. Yes, and you should also read his second follow-up post about why he is optimistic that this general method will work for fixing other problems better than it will work for causing other problems. All right, and good news, guys. I have access to a boat. So if all it takes is a boat to solve problems, we can we can get on it. It also means you can Excellent. sing the I'm on a boat song. I mean, I do that every time. Do you? <laughs> It's it's actually in the law. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't know you that? Let, that's how you let other mariners know that you're on a boat. This is yeah. a safety rule. Exactly. Uh, also, and I have, like, very vague memories about this, um, but I looked up uh, Ryan Peterson, and he works for, like, some sort of logistics startup, And I swear to God, I have heard about this company and this guy in some sort of rationalist or rad-adjacent context. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but I feel like he was on, like, Rationally Speaking or some sort of podcast like that. Do any of you know anything about that? Because if we not only had a problem solved, but had it solved by a rationalist, then that would 
be so fantastic. I am unfamiliar with his rationalist credentials. Okay. He also has like a really generic name, so I would be skeptical of it ringing bells. But his middle name is apparently Exachad, which is pretty rare. <laughs> also, I'm not sure Exa works because it could mean various other things. We gotta we gotta go with something that is less less um. Yes, that that is the um that is the um metric prefix form of Exa. It's just. Is it like the next one up after Terra? Um, I think so, but I'm not sure. It's a lot. Uh, yes, it's a okay. big, big, big number. I still prefer um, Giga because it is much well known, much more. Yeah, well-known. Terra Chad sounds dumb. Yeah, Terra yeah. Chad sounds okay. It also seems like he's really very green. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> Terra Chad would be Captain Planet. I listen to many more podcasts than I do. Um rationalist podcast and i'm pretty sure i knew about this guy from a podcast so i would and i would definitely expect v to have mentioned it if this guy did have some sort of rationalist credentials so take that with a big big grain of salt but it is uh not infinitesimal chance that this guy's a rationalist so confirmed by david as definitely totally a rationalist eat shit (laughs) (laughs) all right well, now into our regular news, which is not as good as that news. That's why uh, we had an election. Yeah, Th- that yeah. happened. Well, that wasn't that a while um, ago. No, it was it was last week. There oh, was a whole other one. Yeah. Um, the big the big things that happened. The biggest thing that happened was that uh, Glenn Youngkin uh, won the race for governor of Virginia. And people freak. I feel it would be more appropriate to say that the Democrat he was running against lost the election for governor of Virginia. But yes, he was running against Terry McAuliffe, who is like a Clinton hack. He's a confirmed shit boot. Yeah, he's like he's one of these like old school Democrats who's just like a party creature and just does whatever the party wants and is probably super corrupt. And didn't he have a uh, blackface scandal Don't recently? All. I mean, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, yes, but... That's a, that's a safe bet. Uh, but yeah, wasn't he like part of the uh, Virginia three-way blackface suicide pact? No, I think that was North Carolina. Oh, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, this guy is a confirmed gun grabber, so a total piece of shit. <laughs> oh, oh, gun grabbing. Yeah. Um... So and everyone is uh is is uh chalking this up to critical race theory, um which I'm gonna cover a bit in my troop deployment today, but yeah he had a really dumb quote that was kind of taken out of context where he said, "Well I don't think parents should be telling teachers what to teach in schools," and then Youngkin played that on repeat to be like. He's going to teach everyone critical race theory. He's going to teach white kids that that they suck and that they're oppressors. And he's going to segregate all the schools. But as much as I don't like the Republicans, let's not lose sight of the fact that this is, in a big way, a victory for school choice. Uh, Because... Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because, like, I don't love Youngkin's education policy but um the the other fucko like he was very much in the fighting against school choice during covid tooth and nail camp 
and that alone is enough that I am more than happy to see him go. I mean, let's, what a jerk. let's face the facts. This isn't about school choice. This isn't about critical race theory or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's just about people hate wokeism, and Youngkin was making the pro-woke noises, and so they voted someone who is not pro-woke in, in his place. That that's very that's very much true. But also, from a consequentialist perspective, this does mean we get more school choice. So, um, though I always have mixed feelings when a red teamer wins a governor's mansion, I do think that this is in general a good thing. I think the more the blue team keeps taking black eyes from supporting this thing, the sooner they're going to learn maybe we should not support this thing. One can only hope. Um. You know, and and I, I sort of contest that that's what it was about. I think it was mostly about just people being unhappy with the state of the country. And, um, you know, it's much more related to Biden's approval rating than anything else. Yeah, because his approval rating was fine before he made that comment, and then it just plummeted. No, no, I said Biden's approval rating. No, no, no but the approval rating of uh, not Youngkin, but the Democrat guy was fine. before. Uh, McAuliffe? Comment. Yeah, McAuliffe. Yeah, and he did lose K-12 parents by 15%. Um, I tried to find out what the like the historical rate of of K twelve parents voting was because so, I don't so I don't know how how exactly uh, noteworthy that is but it sounds like a lot. That does sound like a lot, and that's just a priori, not a small voting block. Yeah, and the the race was close enough that I have to think that this probably did make a difference. How close was it? Now? Um, I think he won by three percentage points. About oh yeah. Yeah, so not like not not like razor thin, but not you know. Fifteen percent of the vast majority of the suburbs is a bunch. Yeah, and uh, Biden won Virginia by ten points, so it was a big swing. Yeah. Um, there was also a big swing in New Jersey, uh, but not big enough. Uh, but big enough that it wasn't called for a few days. The this um uh made the Democrats freak out for like days. Is all I heard on NPR. Well, not all, but it was a big story. We're like. What the hell is happening? How are people abandoning everything? The the, I mean, the thing I most remember was uh, listening to, because I don't listen to NPR that much anymore, because now it gets really on my nerves. But uh, <laughs> someone was saying, uh, yeah, this, is, this happened when a bunch of voters in the schools, primarily white people, were upset by what their kids were being taught. And I was like, wow, really? Okay. I mean, I guess they were mostly the white people uh, because they're just the majority of the constituents there. But it it sounds like you're implying this was due to racism. That is what they were implying. Yeah, that's always what they're implying. It is. And that is why people get upset and are like, fuck you. Get out of here. Uh, like I said, um, my uh, troop deployment will have we all about this. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, also in New Jersey. Which is my home state, which is why I'm excited about this. Uh, Steve Sweeney lost to a guy named Durr. Durr. <laughs> Durr, who uh, uh, spent between $150 and $10,000 on the race. No one's quite sure which. Uh, I think what happened was he only spent $150 on his primary and then, you know, spent like ten grand on the general. But still, that's very little compared to what everyone else was spending. It sounds like just enough to file the fee. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's not a lot, um, but it's great. Um, not because this guy's good. Like, I mean, come on, his name's Durr. Uh, he seems like a. Is that the main reason he sucks? 
No, he sucks because he's a Republican. Oh, okay, most okay. Republicans suck, and he seems like a pretty generic Republican. Um, but the good part is that Steve Sweeney was a real shitbag. <laughs> Um, most people in the country don't know or care about this, uh, but the New Jersey Democratic Party is like old school machine politics. And it's especially in South Jersey, it's run by a guy named George Norcross, and he just has this whole network of acolytes. And Steve Sweeney was like the biggest one. Steve Sweeney is the reason why New Jersey had to wait like an extra year and a half to legalize marijuana because he was just holding it up for no reason. Oh, so this isn't the good kind of old-school democratic machine politics where you can just go to town hall, drop off a big bag of money, and then do stuff? I I find it strange you call that good. Well, yeah, so I do have this thesis that, like, the the rise of our inability to do stuff, or I guess the fall of our inability to do stuff, the fall of our ability to do stuff... <laughs> <laughs> coincided with the fall of that sort of super corrupt uh, machine politics and it seems plausible to me that the reason why is because we used to have these Byzantine bureaucratic rules that you needed to follow to do anything but actually you could just drop off a big bag of money at Tammany Hall with a wink and a nudge and then you could do stuff. And then when the machines broke, you had to actually follow the Byzantine rules, and that was way harder and more expensive. Those darn people and their principles. Well, I don't know uh, how South Jersey compares to the rest of the country, but I do have an anecdote for you. Okay. Um, my local mayor is a Norcross acolyte, um, or at least is, like, very buddy-buddy with him. Um, but we just had a five-story uh, housing uh, apartment building get downgraded to three stories and cut about 50 units because it needed to fit in with the surrounding community. Okay, so not they don't have the good <laughs> stuff of machine right. politics. Great, then this yeah. is a solid win in my book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sweeney sucked. Everything I ever heard him doing, I was like, that's bad. We shouldn't do that. Um... But overall, uh, all over the country, in basically every race, the Republicans did really well. Um, it reflects, you know, voters not really being happy with the where the country's at right now um, and blaming Biden for it. Uh, not that it's actually really his fault, but, you know, he could certainly be doing more or less, depending on what the issue is. I think there's worse people to blame than, than Biden, to be honest. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that people are annoyed with is just that it we're still doing covid stuff yeah um i mean he's certainly part of the whole masking is great and everyone should do it forever and always crowd is he i honestly haven't heard much from biden he's they are his allies and so he at least winks and nods towards yeah that's that's okay yeah i mean he's technically in charge of the fda and the cdc so See? he's the devil they have not yet been delended so that's true i don't know if that's a weird <laughs> uh, way to use that word I guess it is his fault. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the supply chain stuff is another thing that people are upset about. And, you know, the uh, worker shortage is probably the stuff that's most impacting people's lives. I don't know how much of that is really Biden has anything to do with. Little to nothing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess he could be uh, certainly doing... Would he be doing more or less on COVID? Yeah. The, the, the 
general rule is that the president's relationship to the economy is that of a man who has his legs wrapped around a Saturn rocket and leans to one side or the other to try to steer and imagines he's helping. <laughs> Lean harder, Biden. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, re- gotta read that book. Lean in. That's what that's about, right? <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> All right, good. Confirm. I've read it. <laughs> All right. Any more comments about the election? No? All right. Next story is the Congress actually passed something with Republican and Democratic votes. Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And it's, yeah, it's probably bad. Um, It's the infrastructure bill. Um, It's certainly not the worst thing. Uh, But I think we discussed this a few episodes ago and then again afterward pointing out that, like, you know, funding infrastructure isn't really the best thing because the more infrastructure you build, then the more upkeep costs you're getting forever. Um, You know... Also, you know, sometimes you redefine infrastructure as services. Well, this isn't the one that's doing that. Oh, it's not? No, no, this is the one that's actually infrastructure. Okay. I assume this was part of the whole childcare and everything bill. No, no, no. That was the Build Back Better bill. They split They split the bills. When they were discussing the whole thing, they split it into two bills, one of which was, like, actual infrastructure, and the other one is, like, all the other stuff. Is quote-unquote infrastructure. Okay. Yeah, the, hu- the human infrastructure. Uh, no, this one's, like, roads and bridges, transit and rail, upgrades to broadband, airports, ports and waterways, uh, some money for electric vehicles... Some money for power and water systems, and some for environmental re- remediation. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, oh. a lot of that sounds good. It's just, it's the government doing it, so it's probably actually bad. <laughs> it sounds better than nothing, but it's not nuclear power and flying cars, so fuck it. <laughs> oh, David. Um, the, the, the notable thing about this is that uh, it passed the Senate a while ago. And, you know, it takes 60 votes to pass anything in the Senate. So it was like a bipartisan bill. They got a bunch of Republicans to vote for it. But then the Democrats, like the the leftiest leftists, were holding it up because they were like, no, we're not passing this until you also pass the Build Back Better plan. And six Democrats voted against it, which was enough to kill the bill, except 13 Republicans crossed the aisle and voted for it. Ooh. Take that, Democrats. Yeah, the, the righties are pissed off at them because they're like, oh, you gave Biden a win. Why would you do that? Uh, which I think is stupid. I think it was in their strategic interest to pass this so they can be like, see, we're not unreasonable. Yeah, we'll, pass the, we'll pass stuff that's good. We just don't want to oh. pass all this, uh, you know, crazy Democrat stuff. Now seems like a good time to remind everyone of the words of the poet, sage, and philosopher, that Indian guy whose video gets shared around a lot. Democracy means government of the people, by the people, and for the people, but the people are retarded. (laughs) Which Indian guy is this? That sounds pretty cool. Oh, it's just a viral video. Yeah. Some random guy. Um, The Build Back Better bill is still in negotiations. Um, They claim that they're going to get it passed at some point. We'll see. Um... But yeah, I thought this was... I was surprised by this. I really didn't think they'd be able to get Republicans to vote for it. Doesn't yeah. it still need to get through the House? No, that was the House vote. 
Oh, then the no, it Senate? passed the Senate months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, as, as long as Biden doesn't have a stroke and hit the veto button, <laughs> it's good. Oh my god, wouldn't that be perfect if Biden was like, <laughs> I changed my mind. We're, uh, I'm not going to sign this one. <laughs> I didn't think you guys were going to go through with it. Yeah. I don't like roads and bridges. I only like Amtrak. Give all the money to Amtrak or else I'm vetoing it. Oh, God. Oh, God. How how have we gone from having the most powerful country on earth run by someone with a learning disorder to run by to being run by someone whose brain is actively literally rotting as he's in office? I mean, I don't think that's fair. Is there actually any evidence that that Biden's going senile? Everyone kept saying that on the campaign trail. And then he'd do a speech and be like, I don't know. It seems fine to me. He seems all right. <sighs> People are aging better nowadays. That's true. This isn't like the 1920s when you were inhaling smoke for your entire childhood. Yeah, I mean, but he's older than the boomers, and they're That's real true. fucking old. Oh, he's very old. No no question there. Have you seen that um, cool head of hair, though, man? Yeah, right? <sighs> yeah. And also, we're definitely not going to talk about that story about how Biden may have shit himself when meeting with the Pope, because it's probably fake news. Wink. This is the first I've heard of it? <laughs> I think I heard some vague reference to this. Look, who uh, has David, you want to enlighten in us? public once or twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there was just this um, uh, right-wing um, social media uh, meme about how uh, Biden had shit himself when he was meeting with the Pope, and uh, I learned about it by seeing a uh, fairly well-doctored image of Snopes rating it mostly false. Uh, turns out they actually rated it entirely false, uh, and there's no reason to believe this happened beyond, you know, some right-wing fuckos saying it did, which they say a lot of things. Aw, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That would have been funny. <laughs> is Roxy chiming in about how it's not at all embarrassing to shit yourself? <laughs> no, she's sad that it didn't happen either. Aww. She's like, that would have been funny. I would have laughed at him, even though I shit myself all the time. <laughs> She'd be like, I vote for him, we have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I was talking about Amtrak before you guys derailed this. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Oh, no. uh, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, it's still working. Yeah, yeah. You still, you still, you still have have feelings in your cold heart <laughs> Man, about they're puns. All feelings of hatred. Yeah, um, Amtrak is uh, getting a lot of funding in this bill, but they've already announced that they're not going to do anything worthwhile. Um, Amtrak. Uh, I, I read Matt Iglesias on this a lot. He's very like into rail and uh transportation policy and he's always making the point that amtrak needs to compete either with car travel or airplane travel because that's how people get everywhere now and making slow train routes to places people want to go at inconvenient times doesn't do that and that's like what they're planning to do with this money they're like gonna do maintenance on existing tracks and they're going to do some service expansion but it's going to go to like minor cities and it's going to run like twice a day what is the point of amtrak 
Um, it, well, it's a big hole that the government throws money into. Oh, the money pit. I love the money pit. Well, it's yeah. actually useful in places like the Northeast Corridor or um, in Texas. Well, so so those places you just named are places where private rail could actually operate profitably. Well, why doesn't it's it? The, it's the parent because they have to compete against Amtrak, who can lose infinite money and not go out of business. Yeah, but Amtrak... It's the eternal paradox of Amtrak. Anywhere that they can run effectively and efficiently are places that private companies could do it better and cheaper. And anywhere they can't, like they are by definition going to lose money on. Now, see, I don't think private. I don't think private rail could do this better or cheaper. At least because I think they would be doing it now if they could. Um, the Amtrak, like people, don't avoid Amtrak because it's too expensive. They avoid it because it sucks. If somebody can make a better yeah, version and exactly. they had to charge more, for, but if somebody made a better version and they had to charge more for it, I think people would ride it. David is left speechless by your. Yeah, assertion. I mean that. <laughs> I mean that's just not how. The economics works out for reasons that are kind of hard to explain, but yeah, yeah if if you're if you're competing with another service provider, then that like has the effects of competition, namely driving down prices. Uh, and when your competition can operate at losses indefinitely, then that means that there's just no way that you can make the capital investments and have it be worthwhile. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just feel like price competition is is not primarily the 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 main driver here because most people instead of taking Amtrak, they take airplanes, uh, which are much more expensive. They just they take them because they're better. I mean, sure, but if that's true, then that undercuts your argument that Amtrak works well in these certain places. Oh no, I don't Amtrak doesn't work well in these places. I'm saying Amtrak could work well in these places. Maybe the TSA is all a scheme to make Amtrak more popular by making air travel so fucking horrendous. <laughs> Maybe. Uh no, Amtrak does not work well in the Northeast Corridor in Texas. But it could, uh, if they cared. Like if that was their actual priority was to make it so people wanted to take their services. Um Does it does um does any is private rail a thing anywhere? I mean, private cargo rail is super a thing. Yeah. But is private passenger uh, private rail? Private passenger rail? No. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, because all the examples I know of that, that are like good trains are all like in Europe and Asia and they're all government owned. Um, but, you know, it can be done. You can build fast trains that are convenient, that people love to ride. And we're not even, like, on the one hand, it's like, well, we know our limits, so that's good. But on the other hand, it's like, maybe we could try to build a good train? I believe I private know. passenger rail used to be a thing before the interstate system was built. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way back in the day. I think all trains were private. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think Amtrak was formed until the 50s or 60s, and it was just basically consolidating all the bankrupt train companies. But, yes, nowadays, I think it's... The government's pretty much the only game in town. Sucks. I would love to see. I would love to see private rail try to uh, do something in the the northeast corridor. That'd be great. Be like, do you build a train that goes four times faster than the Acela? I think people would take it. I don't know what the Acela is. Oh, it's the 
the supposedly fast train that goes from you know DC to New York uh-huh. in like a million hours. That seems like it would be too long to wait. Yeah. Oh no, it's like I think three hours or so. It was yeah, s- I- state of the art at the time it was built, but that was decades ago. Yeah, you can you can drive that route, like not as fast, but like an hour and a half slower. Oh well, however fast the Acela goes, you can drive faster. I do know that because that's the main problem with it. I remember looking into this at one point, but it was long enough ago that I don't remember the exact numbers. So, all right, well. All right, any more comments about the uh, Bipartisan Infrastructure Framework, or BIF, or the Build Back Better plan? They called it BIF? Oh, yes. Uh, One of the quotes was a, the BIF is a BFD. That's a terrible quote. Yeah, I know. Uh, Can we find whichever staffer scripted that line and draw and quarter them, please? I don't think we can, but Uh. I'll look into it. That goes beyond our purview as a podcast. All right. Well, I'm going to take that to mean nobody has any more further comments, and we'll move on to our next story from Eniash. Oh, ho, ho. Yes, the next story is also, I guess, about infrastructure, private and otherwise. Um, And this time, it ports. Specifically, Texas has released a video uh, trying to attract port traffic to their ports, uh, saying things like California is all fucked up. They can't take any of your containers. It's ships uh, are waiting a hundred days. It's just a two-week float through the Panama Canal over to us, and we are ready to take all your cargo. And I like—I thought this was really kind of cool that like states are competing on features now. It, it reminded me of the um, the uh, cyberpunk snow crash utopia that I'm looking forward to someday. But, uh, you know, it has the downside of being in Texas, which hates reproductive rights. And so the more people that move to Texas, the worse things will be for humanity overall. So I'm not sure not sure I should be happy about that. I don't know. I do kind of like the idea of governments actually competing with each other since that tends to make things better. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's how the states were supposed to work. I know. Yeah. I I would have had things to say about that in my troop deployment, but then I decided to change it. So look forward to that next week. (laughs) And then the libertarian snarking about government failures during COVID, possibly the week after that, unless I have another better idea. Excellent. There are two things uh, about the thing that make me slightly less optimistic. The first is that according to CNN, the video is full of lies. Uh, the waits in California are down to much less than 100 days, and the float to uh, through the Panama Canal to Texas is much more than 14 days. And also, um, the Texas ports are not quite that open. They're also short on drivers, much like California is. And the, a lot of the ships that are waiting in California are those super massive container ships, which are too big to fit through the Panama, Panama Canal anyway, so... All in all, looks like to be mostly just a propaganda piece rather than anything that could actually happen in the real world, which made me a little sadder. But again, I'm not sure how much sadder I should be considering that it is Texas. So, womp, womp. Yeah. Well, our ports in Philly and Camden are open. You guys can come here. <laughs> that's that's probably not going to happen. That's just too far. I mean, yes, that's mostly transatlantic container ships we get there. Yeah. Uh, getting getting Pacific ones would rather silly still this would be this would be really cool if we could somehow find a way to make this happen 
to get goods from one place to another. I mean, that too, but... I, that I, would be great. Specifically if we can figure that out. States like being able to compete with each other um, more easily. Oh, I mean, I think... I mean, I, I'm guessing these ports already do. You know? Somebody's got to make the decision about which port to go to. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect that this is more of a uh, public non-logistics people facing thing where like the Texas governor is trying to look like a guy who's doing something to help uh, rather than like actually telling people who look at supply chains for a living anything they don't already know. Yeah. Yes, it's probably just trying to own the libs really. Roxy Which, agrees. to be clear, I'm all for. But <laughs> also that stuff Inyash said about Texas being kind of terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of things that are terrible, our next story is about Facebook. Ooh, Guys, re- remember Facebook? I've heard of it. No. Well, forget it. Not- because it's meta now. That's the worst name in the world. <laughs> And not only is Facebook changing its name to Meta, but there's going to be a virtual reality metaverse that you can exist in to get away from the world. I mean, there's going to be a virtual reality metaverse in the same way that there is a um, MySpace still out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't think people are going to use it? No. What? Why well, not? It, the, the peripherals are just too bulky. Not until you get contact lenses that can show you the AR world is this going to become a thing. Okay. We're going to get glasses way before we get contact lenses. Exactly. And no, we already have glasses. Nobody's going to wear them. No, but like good glasses that look like glasses people already wear. Mm, you know how many people don't wear glasses? Right, but everyone will wear glasses if you can get, you know, your heads-up display on them. Yeah, I don't think so. I would absolutely wear glasses if I could get a heads-up display on I mean, them. there's people that don't wear glasses even though they are blind without glasses. I, I personally pay thousands of dollars to have lasers shot into my eyes so I wouldn't have to wear glasses. Like, they are just really far more annoying than one would think right right but what i'm saying is we're going to get glasses before we get contact lenses yes and the glasses will be popular enough that it'll be like a whole thing i disagree on that point you really just think what people won't wear glasses don't half of people already wear glasses it's less than half and no people aren't going to wear glasses for this this is not useful enough to make people want to wear glasses or to spend however much money they need to run meta we don't know how useful it will be though Will it be more useful than getting laid? I feel like you have this weird, <laughs> irrational hatred of glasses. I started getting laid a lot more after I got rid of my glasses. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it also makes this it, is very. It also makes it easier to like do anything athletic, to shower, to be in water. Like glasses, they're a pain. You can take them off. No, you can't if you're blind without them. <laughs> Right, but if you're just yeah, wearing them... Yeah, we're not for- talking about prescription glasses. We're talking about metaverse access points. And so you're going to have to carry around these fragile glasses that can easily break and then whip them on whenever you want to access the metaverse? No, yeah. you wear them most of the time. And just take them off when you're playing sports or taking a shower uh, or going to sleep or something like that. I am willing to bet you $100 that this will not have taken off in the next five years. No, definitely not the next five years. Technology's just not going to be there. Well, Jesus, then what are we talking about? By the time it's ready to take off, we'll have the uh, contacts that can do it. No, no, we won't. (laughs) They have to do the glasses before the contacts. It's just, (laughs) you can't get it that small. (laughs) Like, like they already have, like, the, um, the, is it the Microsoft Halo? 
Is that the like big bulky headset? Uh, I don't know. I don't bother with big bulky peripherals. Well, yeah, I think it's called the Microsoft Halo, and it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, Also, don't knock big bulky peripherals too much, because I uh, was vacationing off-planet yesterday, and I played Aircar for Oculus while I was doing so, and it was extremely pleasant, and I can emphatically recommend it. Yeah, sure, but you were in your living room. Yeah. You weren't outside trying to walk around in the real world. Is that what is being proposed with the metaverse? Yes, the whole point of the metaverse is that you're supposed to be wearing it out in the world all the time, rather than just in your living room. Well, it's both. Okay, then that's rather optimistic. Yes. No, 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 it's it's both. They're, they're making, they're going to be developing uh, VR and AR versions. Right. It, the one that's just in your living room, yeah, sure, but nobody's arguing about that. That already exists. It's the idea that people are going to be wearing this out on their face when they're going about their normal lives that i think is stupid yeah i mean i'm i'm just gonna have to see the app before i decide whether the juice is worth the squeeze i can't call that one at this point yeah i feel like it's all going to be in the implementation and knowing facebook it'll just be ads (laughs) yeah (laughs) you put it on and be like hey want to buy a better vr headset i'm like ah um, so yeah, I, I, but I do think this is like, I think AR glasses are definitely like the next smartphone. Really? Um, yeah, I, I just think it'll be 10 to 20 years, not five. Uh, they just got to get the, they just got to get the Microsoft Halo down to glasses size. Well, all right. Um, I think if we're waiting 20 years, we're going to get the contacts. I mean, it really depends on how fast they get the glasses. <laughs> I think it depends a lot more on whether regulators get their fangs into it. Oh, that's You always happen. think that. Isn't Facebook already asking to be regulated? So, A, yes, and B, like, with the first generation of this technology, some early adopter is going to walk out into traffic, and then there will be a moral panic, and then eventually people figure out that, like, he was, I don't know, doing something that caused him to walk out in front of traffic even though the ar wasn't really affecting that but no one will notice or care except for us because we're fucking losers (laughs) and then next thing you know it'll be regulated into oblivion just like all the other cool stuff see you say that but that exact thing happened with smartphones and uh the regulators weren't able to uh really do much to to prevent that yeah, I mean, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I'm also keeping my hopes low. Ah, that's fair. What's going to freak out the normies is when there's an app that whatever you're looking at, it'll show you that same what that same person would look like without their clothes on, and then all the litigation goes. I mean, I'm sure that app already exists on smartphones. Sure. Yeah. As long as Facebook is the biggest player in this game, I am very bearish about the long-term prospects. If there was some sort of open source something or other that you could 3D print and then, like, finish it with some off-the-shelf electronics, then we'd be talking, because that, like, people could just let it rip without needing to get permission for everything but as long as it's facebook or some other big easily regulated firm in charge of this we're not going to get to the cyberpunk future see i'm actually glad it's facebook because i feel like they're the only ones with the resources and the network um to really get the early adopters on board 
And I feel like that's the important thing. And once they do it, then other companies will jump in. Early adopters have always found a way to find this stuff, even when it was obscure. Well, that's true. Yeah. I guess I don't mean early adopters. I mean, the uh, what's the one between them and late majority? We didn't need MySpace to uh, get people on board with Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, but did we need MySpace to get people on board with Facebook? Maybe, Maybe but I'm not sure I see the analogy. Well, I'm saying Facebook's going to be the first one, and then somebody's going to develop a better one, and everyone's going to use that. Just like happened with MySpace and Facebook. Sure, unless Congress bans any non-Facebook-based AR thing. <laughs> wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be exactly like Congress? Oh, yeah. Yes, be it like, would. No one's allowed to do this except for Facebook, the one everyone hates. Facebook is the only one that promises not to show any naked apps. That's not true. Everyone would promise that. Like, they already do. Android doesn't. Android lets you no. do what you want with your phone, sort of. Not really. Less than most social media does. Oh, okay. With the yeah. except notable exception of Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Anything else to say about that? No. No. Then we will move on to our next story from Eniac, which also has to do with um cyber stuff. Uh, specifically about a cybersecurity professor in the great state of Missouri um, who found that the <laughs> Missouri's government website, uh, I think it was an educational website because this concerns school employees, uh, was publishing, basically publishing uh, the social security numbers of over 100,000 school employees in the state to anyone with an internet connection. All, womp, womp. <laughs> all you had to do was pull up the site's HTML code and they were all there. And uh, he let the state know, and as the normal ethical uh, guidelines for this sort of thing, waited plenty of time for them to fix the problem, and then went to the press eventually when they did not fix the problem. And the governor of Missouri said that, oh my god, he is a hacker who has exposed hundreds of thousands of people's social security numbers to anyone with an internet connection and we that bastard I know, and we will pursue him to the fullest extent of the law and they filed a uh a basic you know this term wes a thing where it says stop destroying anything because we might be using it against you in a court of law uh i think those are of different names in different states okay well whatever it was it was uh, he sent him one of those as you know basically saying we're going to uh come after you pretty darn soon here and uh the professor contacted. i think maybe it's a litigation hold litter okay and the professor contacted a bunch of media outlets and was like hey uh i'm not a hacker i did the normal thing of what you do when you find a blatant security flaw and try to fix it and uh pointing out that the government is publishing everyone's social security numbers is not hacking and uh that's that's where we are right now he has formally requested an apology from the uh, governor and uh, retraction, and last I heard, they have not done anything to that effect yet, but they also haven't gone forward with pursuing legal action, although they also haven't said they won't, so kind of in a holding pattern right now. I expect they're just going to let it die down. This seems like a good opportunity to point out that in addition to qualified immunity, there are also a thing called sovereign immunity, which also sucks, which basically means when the state does this kind of bullshit to you that violates your federally protected rights, you still can't sue them. This also seems like a good time to remind you that this is the same Missouri governor we talked about a month ago who murdered a mentally handicapped man, despite the perfidious Roman begging him not to. <laughs> oh, that's that guy. Yeah. I still am not sure the term This guy's murdered. just a bundle of joy, isn't yeah. he? I'm not sure the term murdered applies, but he certainly killed him. 
No, I think the term murder applies. Okay. It's not like the guy was going to hurt anyone else. It's true, but like... Because A, he was like 80, and B, he was in prison. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like... I don't think the state should have the ability to execute people. Like, i just against capital punishment in general, but seeing as it was the law of the state, it was legally executed, so it wasn't murder, right? No, when the government does crimes, they're still crimes. Yeah, but it's not a crime if it's legal. I mean, as the resident lawyer, there no, that's not murder. There are so many problems <laughs> with that thing you just said, but I feel like we're getting a little bit off topic. <laughs> a bit. Okay, so let's move on to David. Yeah, so, um... Elon Musk recently got into a Twitter fight, as Elon Musk is wont to do, uh, when a UN official claimed that by selling a mere 2% of his wealth, Elon Musk could annihilate global uh, hunger. And Elon Musk said, Oh, interesting. Uh, please show me your numbers and how you came to that conclusion, and I will sell $8 billion in Tesla stock right now. Uh, conditional on you using open source accounting so, quote, the public can see exactly how the money was spent. And the UN official responded with the sound of crickets. <laughs> so I originally had this in happy news because I figured either the world get, either we get world hunger solved or the uh, UN fuckwits will get pantsed. Uh, and I am happy at either of those outcomes, but my co-host decided to be boring. We, we moved it out of happy news because we know it's not going to be the first one. <laughs> it's just going to be the UN looking dumb. And that's just regular news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but speaking of Elon Musk selling stock... Mm -hmm. He's also going to sell 10% of his st Tesla stock because Twitter said so, that, which is fun. Dude, this is just a brilliant move on Elon's part, particularly because, as you point out a little bit lower down, that he was going to have to do this anyway, right? Yeah, so it, the speculation is that he's was planning on selling a bunch of stock anyway because he's got stock options that he can cash in, that he has to cash in by 2022, um, and so he needs cash to buy those and he'll need cash to pay taxes on them because you actually pay taxes when you exercise stock options. Um, and so he's going to need this cash anyway. And he was, he was like, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's pretend I'm doing this as like a principled stand. <laughs> so what he, cause what he said was, Oh, there's been a lot of talk about taxing wealth or unrealized capital gains. So if Twitter, if you guys think I should, you know, I'll just sell 10% of my stock so I can pay taxes on it. And he put up a poll, and uh, I think like 55% voted yes. Wes, how did you vote in this particular poll? Oh, I voted yes. Uh, that's what I thought, because that's what I read you saying on the Discord. Yes. <laughs> Why did you vote yes? I voted yes, because immediately when this was proposed, people on the Discord started saying, Oh my god, this is going to crash Tesla stock! And I want them to be proved wrong, because hate them jesus yeah so, <laughs> so a i disagree that this is going to crash tesla stock and right well B, you're not an I idiot also disagree that this is going to tell us anything meaningful at all about the major effects of a wealth tax that would require this sort of behavior on an annual basis from everyone 
What if it was if it was required this on an annual basis only from Elon Musk? Um, so I would have problems with that for other reasons. Uh, but that would at least give us more information about an economy-wide wealth tax than it would for than it would for this one-time Twitter poll thing. I mean, I mean, you know, Elizabeth Warren's got a bill ready to go. I mean, the, the... Elizabeth Warren always has a bill ready to go. <laughs> it's the tax Elon bill. I got the it. The chat move on the parts of investors, if they could coordinate this well, would be to tank uh, Tesla stock regardless uh once he does this whole sell 10 percent thing uh in order to demonstrate look you, you if you do this then it'll make the world economy tank and uh even if they you know even if the tanking of tesla stock is unrealistic they can uh, you know jimmy the numbers a bit sell everything even though uh it's gonna hurt them in the short run well i see on my outline here it's down three percent yes it was down six percent at the beginning of the day had recovered to down three percent as of recording time hmm well, keep an eye on Tesla stock. See what happens. Uh, all right. Next story is from Eniash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. I have gone through three different emotional waves on this thing. So before I give my takes, I want to hear what you guys think about this. I can... uh, bribed doctors in Greece. Uh, Greece is somewhat high on the corruption scale in Europe. Uh, the doctors there were being bribed by anti-vaxxers, about $400, I believe that's in U.S., uh, to go in, get the COVID uh, vaccine shot. But instead of getting the vaccine, uh, just getting like a saline injection or something instead, something that is not the vaccine anyway and non-harmful, and uh, then they could get the COVID you know, documentation that they are vaxxed and do all the vaccine stuff, but they wouldn't have actually taken the vaccine. That doctor said, yeah, sure, that, that sounds good to me. And then they gave them the vaccine anyway. Uh, so they bribed the doctor to do the wrong thing, and then the doctor did the right thing, in my opinion. But I had some evolutions of thought on this. Well, what, what is your guys' take? So I am very much in favor of bodily autonomy as a general principle. Note that that is distinct from bodily autonomy as a uh, troop to be deployed when convenient, as it is when Democrats talk about abortion or Republicans talk about uh, whatever it is Republicans talk about nowadays. Um, so I don't love it, but this is... If we're going to violate the principle of bodily autonomy, this is a pretty decent time to do it. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, my take is that like it would be nice if we had a worldwide principle of don't give people medicine if they haven't consented to it, but uh, we don't have that principle. And uh, this seems like it will lower trust in doctors, which is good. People shouldn't trust doctors that much. They lie all the time. Um, and it will especially lower trust in doctors who take bribes, which is, I think is an especially uh, good group of people not to trust. Uh, so this all seems fine to me. I'm not a <laughs> I wouldn't say do it, but I wouldn't I'm not like upset that it happened. Which this reminds me of an unrelated hobby horse that I should probably make into a troop deployment. But you've given me an excuse to talk about it now oh. instead of God knows when. Curse my life. I recently learned that when the CIA was looking for bin Laden, one of the ways they did it was by having a fake vaccination program that they used to collect, like, genetic data on people, which they then used to look for his relatives in Pakistan. Of all the things oh, the that CIA seems pretty has evil. done, I think this is one of the most evil things. 
because... I agree, not just because, like, it's obviously terrible, but also I can't for the life of me figure out why they couldn't just give people actual vaccinations and then get the DNA off of the needles or whatever they were doing. Well, like, as far as I can tell, yeah, right? the fake vaccine angle on this was just a completely gratuitous bullshit thing they added for no reason. It wasn't for no reason. It was because that was recognized worldwide as a great thing to do, and people would let in the vaccine providers regardless of other political... No, no, you misunderstand. Oh. Why not just give them the actual vaccine and then collect the genetic information from the, the needle with the actual vaccine? Oh, that would have been even better, but they might have trouble getting a real vaccine providers to be in on this it's the cia they can get pharmaceutical grade heroin by the palate <laughs> but can they get people to administer a vaccine correctly i don't know presumably <laughs> they can get people who can realistically administer a fake vaccine those seem like pretty overlapping skill sets yeah i mean i think you just gotta stab them in the arm i know i should know i got two vaccines on saturday yeah but I think this That's is all they did. just done immense amounts of harm. There's countries now that will not uh, allow people to come in and vaccinate their populations directly because of this, which is, I don't even know how many possible tens of billions of deaths history-wide. All right. Well, that is super shitty. That is super um, shitty. But we're not going to talk about super shitty stuff anymore because now it's time for happy news. Wait, 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 wait. Yay. Oh, no. Well, I don't know. Inyash has more comments about yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. I just think... <sighs> I think that ultimately, like, they did a good thing by by injecting them, and also, like, Greece is pretty well known for its corruption anyway, so I'm not sure it's going to make doctors in general less trusted. Maybe just Greek doctors? That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but... <laughs> yeah, I, I, do feel, I do feel like this is really a consequentialist versus deontologist uh, slash rule utilitarian scissor issue. Because this is definitely not something I'm comfortable making a general principle, yeah. but I ha really have trouble, like, finding issues with this one specific special this case. This is a fantastic scissor issue, yeah. And also, like, I think the real thing that should have been done here is, uh, it reminds me of Scott Alexander's post, The Virtue of Silence, where if you're gonna do this sort of thing, not only should you never, ever, ever tell anyone, but, like, if anyone does find out, they should never, ever, ever publish it. This should have been hidden forever in the annals of history, much like where Jimmy Hoffa's body is. Like, people couldn't hide that, but they can't hide that this good thing happened? They could not hide this. Fuck. Um, because, as you know, if you've gotten the COVID vaccine, there are side effects. So I imagine people figured it out once they started getting the side effects. Yeah, they just got a bad and they're probably the ones that told everyone. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, just happened to get a cold the day after you got your fake vaccine. You know? No, no, not uh, completely unrelated, of course. It's a thing that could happen. Yeah. Several thousand times. In yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if the doctor was a real Slytherin, he would have said, now I'm going to give you this other stuff that's definitely not a COVID vaccine, but will give you a slight cold just so that, like, your relatives and shit know you weren't faking. That would have been awesome. Because you are faking, but we have to, like, make sure our bases are covered. Here. Yeah. All right. Ineos, you have any more comments? But yeah, I agree that no one should have, like published this or in any way signal boosted those people bitching on facebook i mean i saw it on the internet and also even worse i am signal boosting it so i am also guilty 
Yeah, I was going to say, that's, uh, that's what, exactly what we're doing right now. Should we edit this out of the podcast then? Or do you think enough people <laughs> already know about it that it doesn't matter? I think our target audience is probably not... I doubt this is going to move the needle for anyone who listens to this. Plus, um, I want our audience not to trust doctors. Don't listen to them. They lie. Well, I also think that, like, you know, if we're going to have some principles, like certain things should never, ever be discussed, then we should live up to those principles, especially in cases where it's so obvious that this is correct. Yeah, but that's not my principle. Oh, damn it. That's your principle. How dare you have different principles Yeah, <laughs> I don't agree with that. <sighs> I think this is good that it was publicized. Fine. We'll have to disagree, and since you have the editor's power here. That's true. I'm the one doing the editing, so I'm leaving it in, suckers. He's mad with power. <laughs> but uh, now you're absolved from moral responsibility because you didn't do it. Poop. I mean, you are the one who put it on the outline and brought it up, so it actually is all your fault. I, that's what I'm saying. You just can't correct for it. I, I, so I mean, I suppose I could hack your system and delete the file if I knew how to do that. I need shiny sunglasses and a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> you need some kind of AR glasses. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Multiple keyboards. All right. Anyway, we're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> this is the third time I've tried to move on, and we're doing it this time. All right. It's time for happy news. Yay! Good news, everyone. Yay. All right. First p- happy news COVID is over. Uh, fi- I Pfizer. This was true like when it was your troop deployment three months ago but go on it was but now but it turns out covid wasn't over for most people for some reason um but it it definitely should be now because now we have treatment uh pfizer and merck have both developed covid treatment pills um pfizer's pill was actually so good that it had to stop its trial early uh to be like oh my god this thing really works uh we need to stop like it's 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 like at the point where it's unethical to have a placebo group didn't we report on this last um week? did we i think we did i don't think so no. yeah i don't think so okay never mind i am incorrect um they claim it reduces hospitalization from covid by 89 percent jesus wow. right 89 yeah. percent so and that's like i'm pretty sure that stacks with the uh vaccine protection uh so if you're vaccinated and you take this pill like you should be good it, you don't need to worry about it anymore um it's being submitted to the fda as we speak so we'll probably have it in six months um merck also developed a pill it's not quite as good but it says it reduces death and hospitalization by 50 percent, and that one is already approved in the uk at least um and has already been submitted to the fda Bet you five bucks that after taking it, six people get hypertension, which is as many as get hypertension normally, and then it gets kicked into FDA approval limbo forever. I'm not taking that bet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing about this is that five-year-olds can now get vaccinated. The FDA actually approved that. Um, So I feel like this is... To the extent that we've been waiting for anything, this is what we've been waiting for. It's over. There's no reason anymore not to do, to do any COVID precautions unless you you want to do them forever. Which they do. They do. Yeah, no, we, we, we are living in the new normal right now. So whatever you're doing right now is just going to be your new normal. 
And if you're not comfortable with doing whatever you're doing right now forever, stop. Yeah, they, I, yes. they honestly, I think, just want to uh, keep these restrictions in place forever because it gives the government a lot of more power than it used to have. Yeah, the government, sure. But, like, the actual people, a tiny minority wants to do this forever. Most people keep buying the, the line that this is going to be temporary. I mean, I think most people have stopped buying that Useful line. Useful idiots. No, I don't think so. You think people still actually believe that? Yeah. Okay. You, you, think, you think most people who are, like, putting on masks in the supermarket think they're going to do that forever? Uh, I think that it has become a uh, tribe signaling thing to them. And even if they don't think that, they kind of don't think things are ever going to change. Now, see, I don't believe Useful, that at all. Useful, <laughs> and I cannot emphasize this enough, idiots. No, I think people are out there saying, like, look, uh, COVID's still around. We're just going to do it till it's gone. And then, you know, by in six months, we won't be doing this anymore. I think I think that's what people think. And it's just a tiny minority that's like, oh, yeah, let's do this forever so we can be safe all the time. Well, we are currently a year and three quarters of the way through six weeks to flatten the curve. So I I. Don't disagree. I have literally heard some people saying, you know what? This masking thing spreads, uh, stops the spread of other viruses. We should just keep doing it forever anyway. It's not that yeah. inconvenient. There's literally no cost. Yeah, no, I've, I've, def <laughs> I've definitely heard that because we both heard that on the Discord. Yes. Um, but <laughs> that was like one person. Eh, I've heard it from one other person in real life. Yeah, and, and like the rule is the, the cost and benefit profile of wearing a mask in public is about what it was in 2019. So maybe do it during flu season. Maybe do it with, uh, with if you have reason to believe you might be sick. And otherwise, like, just don't. <laughs> I mean, do it or don't do it. I don't care. Just don't tell me to do it. If you want to wear masks for any reason, go for it. And, like, there are reasonable public health and safety things that we should have been doing before COVID that if we need to use COVID as an excuse to start doing them, then fine, whatever. That's as good a shelling point as we're likely to get. Yeah. Upgrading ventilation. But especially. like there we're, we're not in a new situation relative to 2019 right now. Like the, the game right. theory has changed, but the, the, Actual costs and benefits are just back to what, where we were pre-COVID. Yeah. So just don't be doing anything that you don't think you should have been doing in 2019. And definitely don't ask other people to do that. And definitely don't require people to do that using the violent force of government. <laughs> All right. Next piece of happy news, Eniash. Yes, uh, Synalytics I, is a new word that I learned not too long ago. It is drugs that uh, try to kill the senescent uh, cells in your body. Senescent cells being the ones that are old and crappy and aren't doing their job anymore and are a large part of the reason that you are dying if you are over the age of 30. Uh, oh, I hate those cells. They are a bad, bad cells. They're very naughty cells. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Senlytics, uh, you know, previously were trying to target those cells and kill them, uh, but kind of were scattershot, broad shotgun shelled, were killing other cells too. There are new ones that are being researched that seem to be much better at targeting just senescent cells. 
uh, without and killing those without affecting the uh, healthy cells that are nearby. Uh, All right, aging is over. Sorry, I, I, you, you clearly know more about the technical side of this than I do. Why is having those cells dead better than not having those cells dead? Because they don't do anything except uh, cause inflammatory response in your body and other bad things, and they prevent new good cells that are nearby from doing their job as effectively. Okay, so when those cells die, then they just, like, get shed, and then the healthy cells around them fill in the yes. gaps? It is not a computer... Okay, okay, cool, yeah, cool, it's cool. It's not a complete cure for aging, but it's definitely helping their longevity quite a bit. Hey, Senolytics. Awesome. Get shed. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. No, Senolytics are the technology that are helping us get rid of oh, right. the senescent no, no. cells. S senescent Unless cells, Unless Senyakimis yeah. wrote the... Uh... Nope, that... No, senescent cells. Yeah, you're the yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. Just get the fuck out of here. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, we, we are getting closer to curing aging, and uh, there's a couple links in the show notes. One that's more layman-friendly, one that's the more technical thing from uh, nature. So, huzzah! All right, and great. you motherfuckers said that the Facebook thing was the most important thing on our outline this fortnight. <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> I didn't say important, I said impactful. This seems pretty dang impactful to me, but fair, I, I mean... guess. I feel like I'll believe it when uh, I see some uh, clinical results. Yeah, it still has to go that, through human trials. And yeah, then, I can't entirely argue with that, but pass through still, this is cool. Yeah, it's a step forward. Yeah. Oh, fucking FDA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone in some other country will approve it, and then we'll see. Yeah. All right, Eniash. Yes. Hey, medical More tourism is cool. <laughs> yeah, right? All right, Eniash, more happy news. More happy news. Hertz is the second bigger uh, auto rental company in the United States. Also almost went bankrupt during the COVID times. But they're doing much better now. And uh, a part of doing much better is that they ordered 100,000 uh, cars from Tesla to update their mm -hmm. fleet. Uh, this... Woo! Uh, so I, I realize this is an audio medium, but uh, I just want to let everyone know that my mental image of Inyash had him holding his pinky up to the corner of his mouth when he said 100,000. That is what I was going for, yes. I'm glad you got it. Great. <laughs> uh, they are, yeah, they're updating their fleet. They say this will be lower maintenance costs, and it's just a good thing all around that we are moving further away from the fossil fuel reliant stuff and getting there also you know a boon for tesla which is great since elon musk is trying to get us onto mars um yeah yeah and electric cars are especially suitable for rental companies yeah. because they require so little maintenance and can run for way longer than uh, internal combustion engine cars Indeed. um so while it's uh it'll, it uh, most people don't really want to drive a car for 500,000 miles um that that's really that's exactly what rental companies want i mean that's what i want although my car is starting to show a little bit of its age yeah right most people want uh newer cars at some point i do not i don't care about newer wow. cars although that's part of my troop deployment so maybe i'll wait until that to expand on that all right well speaking wait, 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 of wait, wait, which wait, 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 wait. oh god real quick just oh, God. Tesla news, the Model 3 was the best-selling car in Europe in September, and I just pulled this out because of the great name. Tesla is currently constructing a Gigafactory in Germany. Gigafactory. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, they should just call it a Chad really factory. 
No, they're 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 saving that for uh, when they move into the African market and construct a giant factory. Oh, in that'd chat. be awesome. Nah, that would be awesome, and exactly the kind of thing Elon Musk yep. would do. Also, Elon, what I really want from a car is to be able to fly it up to Philadelphia so I can play board games with Wes. <laughs> so, yeah, keep that in mind. All right. Well, now that we've gotten into uh, our our old hobby horses, it's the perfect time to move on to troop deployments. I'm willing Yay. to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. <laughs> As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so my troop deployment uh, this fortnight is to get your dang flu shots. Uh, We've been outspoken fans of the COVID vaccines on this show. But I want to take this opportunity to remind everyone about the other shot you're supposed to get. Flu season is approaching fast, and with the COVID pandemic winding down, it'll hit hard. Most of the non-pharmaceutical interventions, which were widely touted during COVID, were, in fact, copypasta from a pandemic playbook written on the assumption that we'd be hit by a novel influenza strain. This false prediction and failure to replan made these NPIs less effective against the pandemic we were actually facing, but did take flu numbers to shockingly low levels in 2020. This implies that the coming flu season will hit fast and hard as the coming flu strain will have had two years to accumulate mutations rather than the usual one, making us more immunonaive against it than we normally would be. I'd also like to remind everyone that, unlike COVID, flu has non-trivial rates of infection, serious infection, hospitalization, and death among young children, as well as the elderly. So as much as I'm also done with pandemic MPIs, I'm registering the advanced prediction that we'll have an unusually rough flu season upcoming. Since the way we banish those NPIs is by casting the inoculation counterspell, I emphatically recommend everyone get a flu vaccine, if you haven't already done so. Also, because I'm not quite as crass as Cato, I will give some context for my obligatory ending to this troop deployment. The mRNA technology which went into the Moderna and Pfizer COVID vaccines also have extremely promising implications for the development of flu vaccines. The old way of making flu vaccines uh, meant that development had to start well in advance of the season's actual beginning, so scientists basically had to make educated guesses about which strain would start spreading. They were really good at guessing, but they still sometimes guessed wrong, and we ended up with flu vaccines that did little or nothing to stop the spread of the strain we actually faced. In addition to being much cheaper and safer, mRNA vaccines also have much faster turnaround times. So the guess about which vaccine to develop can be made with much more information when developing an mRNA flu vaccine. So, naturally, when Pfizer announced development of an mRNA flu vaccine, the FDA announced that they'd need to do full clinical trials, despite the underlying technology being a vector average of the known safe traditional flu vaccine and the known safe mRNA COVID vaccine. According to the Washington Post, quote, Researchers say mRNA flu shots probably aren't going to be developed and improved and approved in time for the coming flu season, and some researchers estimate it could take several more years to get one on the market, end quote. Therefore, I consider that the FDA Delenda asked. <laughs> All right. And I did get my flu shot this Saturday. I encourage the rest of you to do so. So. Uh, Ineash. Yes, uh, I have long been kind of 
I don't know, I guess annoyed is the right term for the fact that the poverty level keeps going up as we get richer. Uh, somehow the poor just keep staying with us, even though there are countries in the world where some people live on $20 a day or less, and a lot of countries in the world where people live on uh, $1,000 a month or less. And um, I... I don't know. I figured that's just the way of things, and there's nothing we can do about it. People will always want more and want to upgrade their lives, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But over the past year, a lot of people were forced into a lifestyle where they spent a lot less than they normally did because they simply didn't have things to spend it on anymore. All the stuff that we used to do and spend our money on just wasn't there. Uh, and... Now those things are coming back, uh, and people need workers again, but we have discovered we're not getting workers back. Uh, this is a huge problem for lots of employers, and uh, people said, well, when the unemployment assistant goes away, they'll come back to work, because that's what's been keeping them there, but that did not do it. People did not go back to work. The eviction moratorium was lifted, and there was no increase in eviction filings. There's just a large percentage of the U.S. workforce which has realized they don't need to work as much if they just don't spend as much. And I think that one of the lasting legacies of COVID will be that we as a society have realized we're actually pretty damn rich. And any people who can be content with a simpler life can translate that frugalness into a lot more time for themselves to do what they really want to do, pursue their dreams, or spend time with their friends and loved ones, or anything like that, because your time is all you really have in life, ultimately. Uh, they don't have to work nearly as much or as often, and that is great. I support this message. I would like to point out that the greatest lie ever told is that you can't buy time. You can absolutely hire housekeepers and other such people to do work that you find time-consuming and unpleasant, but that small quibble aside, I also agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Eniage. Uh, my troop deployment this week is that Democrats need to stop fence-sitting on culture war issues. Now, as I argued last episode... People don't really vote on policy. They tend to vote on tribal culture war issues. A policy can be important, but only if it gets tied to an issue people actually care about. It's why you see Republicans passing anti-critical race theory laws. I don't imagine any of the legislatures, or most of their prominent critics, actually think these laws are going to do much of anything. They're just signaling to their tribe that they're on the same team. Critical race theory, of course, is just an extension of the larger conflict over wokeness. Unless you've been living under a, wa a rock, you're aware that American culture is currently obsessed with race and gender. It's largely a cultural phenomenon, but it's gotten big enough that politicians are getting dragged in. This was heavily on display in the Virginia governor's race, where Youngkin relentlessly beat up McAuliffe on the issue of critical race theory, despite the fact that McAuliffe isn't even in favor of it. The problem was that McAuliffe tried to have it both ways. When asked about CRT... He claimed that it wasn't being taught in schools and that it was a racist dog whistle. Well, I'm sorry, Terry, but that's just not sufficient. For better or worse, the Democratic brand is heavily associated with wokeness. So if you're running as a Democrat but don't want everyone to think that you're going to support a school curriculum that tells white kids they're evil oppressors or segregates the black kids to protect them from toxic whiteness, you have to actually say that clearly and succinctly. And newsflash, you should want that. Wokeness is hideously unpopular, even among the groups it's supposedly trying to help. If Democrats want to win an election anytime soon, they need to not just distance themselves from this ideology, they need to actively denounce it. 
When someone says critical race theory, don't just say, we're not teaching that. Say, no such racist and segregationist policy will ever be allowed to take hold in this state while I'm governor. When someone says Latinx, laugh at them. And then make it a point to use the terms Latino or Hispanic as much as possible. When someone suggests that the SAT is racist, tell them that they're the racist ones for thinking non-white kids aren't smart enough to get good test scores if we give them equal opportunities. When someone asks if trans women should be allowed to compete on men's sports teams, just say no. This might piss off the ultra-left, but they are a tiny minority of voters, no matter how many retweets they can get, and they'll probably vote for you anyway. The hundreds of New York Times columns that will be written about how the Democrats are abandoning their allies will probably just help. The current strategy of trying to placate everyone just gives the accurate impression that Democrats are spineless and stand for nothing. To be clear, Republicans have the same problem on the other side. If a Republican doesn't want to be seen as mildly racist, repeating Stephen Colbert's satirical I don't see race isn't going to cut it. If a Republican doesn't want to be seen as a shill for billionaires, they need to steal some lines with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Mealy mouth statements about job creators won't do it. But fair or not, the Democratic Party is associated with the worst, most unpopular excesses of left-wing ideology. If Democrats don't want that to be the case, they need to be unequivocally against it. My advice to Democrats is that between now and the 2022 midterms, they should go on an all-out offensive against critical race theory. Since it's mostly a non-policy issue, it costs very little in terms of actual legis legislation, but it would win them lots of votes. It's an extremely effective talking point for Republicans, and this would take it off the table. And if they don't, well, stay tuned for a midterm wipeout. Very nicely said. All right, that's our show for this fortnight. Please remember to follow us uh, wherever you follow podcasts. Uh, you can find our direct feed on Substack. Uh, please leave us reviews and come back next week. Or, I'm sorry, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye, everyone. Bye.